morning, good morning, good morning. I love to be in church when everybody's enjoying themselves. And thank you for the birthday wishes. And uh, that's, that's just a, uh, that's a joy, I tell you. You know, you think about having birthdays and they, are, they come around often. But I, you know, I think I'd rather have a birthday than the alternative. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now I have a tradition that I've been doing and I don't, and, uh, and that is that I, I started, you, you know, of course I, I, I like to do push-ups. So I do a push-up for every year. It's getting tough. <laughs> well, it's going to be one a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. I want to speak to you this morning on something that is in my heart. We, we've been talking about the, the decade that is ahead of us. The, the 10 years, we're losing it fast because someone said before church today, wow, January is gone, basically. First month of this year is already gone. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, what, didn't we have Christmas yesterday or was it the day before yesterday? Time is just flying. And uh, in fact, I had someone to ask me yesterday, what do you want out of this decade? And I, and I thought that was a good question for me I, because I've been thinking about it. And I said this, I want to be known at the end of this decade as being an overcomer. As an overcomer. I want to be talking about that for the next couple of weeks in, in conjunction to the other things that we've been preaching on because <clears throat> I understand that this is vital. After your salvation, the most critical thing in your life is to become an overcomer. We're fighting a battle. You know, I'm not one of those preachers that say, come to Jesus and all your problems are going to disappear. You're going to be, you know, your greatest battles are coming after you come to Christ. Our, our children's minister this morning basically preached my message. And that's, that's, that's always great. So we can just go home. Don't you clap your hands. <laughs> we have a, we have an absolute necessity I cannot emphasize to you enough, your salvation was bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. Amen. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Nothing you did merit or paid for your salvation. I am glad I'm saved because of what Jesus has done for me. Amen. But I want to tell you this, all rewards... And everything else then depends on my activities, what I do. We're going to receive, we don't 
understand the fact of rewards, benefits, and even the rapture is based upon an overcomer. I want you to get this today. I want you to hear what I've got to say in this message. Don't confuse you. Your, your eternal position in God is because of your salvation. That's settled. All right? Your membership, your citizenship in heaven is based upon the blood of Jesus Christ and you receiving him as Lord and Savior. But you cannot overlook the necessity of what it is to be an overcomer. As a matter of fact, I pray that in these next 10 years that my life will be where that I have can say at the end of these 10 years, I, I'm, I'm an overcomer. Because right now there are areas of my life that I need to work on becoming an overcomer. We're going to talk about the three areas of this battle to be, be an overcomer. For the Bible speaks of these three battlefronts. You didn't happen to get the display. Okay. These three areas. The devil, the world, and the flesh. Those are the three battlegrounds. The devil, the world, and the flesh. Now when we think about these three things. The Bible speaks of the devil is the prince of the air. So that's the air force. That's the air battle that we have to deal with is the devil. The world, the Bible speaks of the world as being the sea. Or, or in several places, the ocean or the, or the sea. When it says that the that, that, uh, Antichrist is coming out of, it, that speaks of the sea battle, the, the world itself is a battle. But then this morning, I want to talk about the ground force, and that is the flesh. And I want to tell you this. Now hear me. Of all those three battles that you're going to face in your life, and you must become an overcomer, in all three are you going to lose the battle. You're going to lose the war. Of all three of those battlefronts, the flesh is the toughest battle to win. The flesh. This war goes day and night. You know, I get mad at the devil sometimes. And there have been times I wish I could see him face to face. Just to punch his lights out. Amen. And, I, and, and the world, there are things in the world that are attractive and they pull. But that doesn't, that's not where my major area of, of conflict is. It's the trenches of the flesh. It's that warfare that takes place with my flesh. And I want this to be a decade of an overcomer. I want you to look in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 13. We have two places we're going to go in the scripture today. Romans 13 and Romans chapter 8. 
But in Romans chapter 13, as a matter of fact, let's just go to Romans chapter 8. We'll, we'll go to 13 later. Romans chapter 8. Verse number five, the Bible says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is imminent against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, I, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, this is a very critical verse of Scripture in all the Bible. He who raised Christ from the dead will also quicken or give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. What a powerful, powerful scripture that we can understand that it is through the overcoming of the flesh. The flesh. The flesh. A number of years ago, as a matter of fact, many centuries ago, there was a young man who was living a very wicked life. He was in his early 30s, never married, but he had two or three children out of wedlock. He drank, he was a drunkard. He caroused all night. He lived a wicked life wicked life but he had a godly mother Christian mother she prayed for him continually he would hear her cry out to God on his behalf many nights he would come in drunk but he would see his mom on her knees crying and praying God save my boy 
One of those nights that he was out, wasn't drunk that night, but he was ashamed of the things that he had done. He was walking in the dark and he came to this park. There were children in the early evening hours there before the sun or before the darkness had set in. Children were playing in that park. And he stopped for a moment because as in his words, it seemed as if though something got a hold of him. And he heard these children in playing a game and in that game they repeated this refrain to a lego to a lego to a lego that was part of the game but the interpretation of those words to a lego was pick up and read take up and read and he looked, and there someone had dropped a New Testament in that park. And when he heard those children say this over and over, take up and read, he reached down and picked up that Bible. And as he picked it up, it opened up. And his eyes fell on those words that I just read to you out of Romans chapter 8. There in that garden, he turned his eyes toward God and said, God, I don't want to live after the flesh any longer. And he received Christ as his Lord and Savior. He later on became and is known today as St. Augustus. St. Augustus became the greatest theologian of the first thousand years of Christianity. Many of our works today, Calvinism was birthed out of the works of St. Augustus. His works are still known today. I, and as a matter of fact, I'm reading the confessions of St. Augustus. Powerful as he relates to the fact of the things that he went through as a sinner, as a young man, and that he wrestled with all of his life. As a matter of fact, I was just researching some of the things and some of you know Rod Serling, who was the, uh, uh, the producer of the show, The Twilight Zone. When he went to work producing the movies, prior to that, he was with this organization that assigned these young entrepreneurs a work to read and to study. Rod Serling was given the old English classic, The Confessions of St. Augustine. 
Serling, when he came back after reading it, was greatly critical. He said, this is the most ridiculous stuff I've ever read in my life. How can a man be so obsessed with confession? How can a man be so obsessed with things of his past that he's still sorry for? And in particular, he gave the instance of one story in this book, Confessions, about a time when a young teenager, Augustus and some other boys, went into an orchard of a man they didn't even know that well and stripped the pear tree of all of its pears, used them to play with and throw around and stole all that they could carry off. And Augustus says in this, of all the sins and the things of his past, this gripped his heart. And the reason it gripped his heart was because this was not an understandable sin. And I want to talk about that for a moment because this is what I want to speak about, about your flesh. Because in this, he said, what can cause me? He said, I understand some sins to a degree. Don't make them right, but I do understand them a little bit. The lust of the flesh. He confessed about many of his encounters and sexual encounters and the children that he had out of wedlock. He said, but I can understand to a degree what caused me to commit or fall into those sins. Because they were, there is an appetite within you. There is something that is in you. And he, he went on to say, I can understand a man that is hungry and has no way of eating, stealing bread to eat. He said, it doesn't make it right. But I do, I do understand why he would be pressed in to stealing bread when he or his family was hungry. But he said to go into a man's orchard and just out of meanness to vandalize something. And he said, vandalism is one of those under the, the sins that you don't understand because it's just the nature of man to do evil. I was going to title this message this morning, The Dark Side of the Heart. Because in every one of us, there is constantly a warfare. You never outgrow it. You never get so spiritual you don't battle it anymore. It is a daily process of being an overcomer to overcome the flesh. These things, regardless of whether they are an understandable sin, are just something out of malice and hatred and envy. Envy is a terrible, terrible Sin that works because of the flesh. When you envy somebody of what they have. And there are those who commit sins 
because they just don't want anybody else to have what they don't have. There are things that we just don't understand. In cold water yesterday, a police officer had stopped a vehicle and was in the process of giving a ticket to that, to that car or the driver that was in that car when a man comes by and opens fire on that police officer. And they said, we cannot find the reason why he opened fire except a crime of convenience. And so on the news out of Memphis yesterday, this was the, 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 the crime and the sin was a crime of convenience. Someone just so evil that it was just a good time because this police officer was exposed and he just wanted to do harm. And so he pulls out a, a shotgun and opens fire on this police officer. Now folks, I want to tell you, we, we have an evil world. But the flesh unchecked will eventually bring you to death. You must be an overcomer of the flesh or it will eventually overcome you. If you do not have the ability to say no to sin, sin will eventually dominate your life. If you can't say no to that alcoholic drink or that beer, there will be a time you won't be able to say no to it because the flesh gets more powerful and when that flesh gets to the point that it demands you to do something and you have no control of it, evil and the dark side of your heart has been exposed. Those drugs that you started out as a something just... A, a casual enjoyment, that weed that you started smoking, that, that peel that you said, well, this, is, this will just make me feel good for a moment. And then by now, it has got a hold of your life where you will steal and sell anything, even including your own body, just to have that moment of pleasure again. The flesh can bring you destruction. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? The Bible speaks of there is pleasure in sin for a season. But there is evil that comes out of submitting to the flesh because you don't know how dark the dark side of your heart is until you start letting your flesh run wild. We are living in a world where no one has restraints. Couples cannot wait until they're married to start living or shacking up together. We turn to the flesh because just casual or just normal sex, if you call it, is not enough. We have to go deeper and further into sin and degradation in order to satisfy the flesh. Tell me something. I can understand the evil and how deep an evil heart can become. As an individual, but how does it happen when a whole nation starts turning evil? 
I was reading some things this week about the Holocaust and World War II. And I was reading some of the events. How could it be that you could take people and you could put them and pack them into cattle cars, railroad cattle cars, so thick in there that there was no room to sit down. And literally women had to have their babies that were pregnant having babies standing up in a cattle car. And because of those environments, those babies died upon birth along with the mother. And they take their bodies out of those as they move the people out. And they take those bodies out as if though they were a piece of trash. How can it be that a people, a network of people could be so evil that seven or eight million people could be killed? That in one location alone, eight thousand people a day were cremated alive. Do you realize how many people it would take to literally put babies and young ladies and young men and men and women in a chamber and burn them and cremate them alive to stand there and hear the screams and the cries? This happened in some of your life. Some of you were living that time. It is a horrible world when sin is unchecked in the flesh. It can lead to things that you would have never thought that you would do. Sin unchecked can bring out the dark side of the human heart. And that's why we have to be an overcomer. Because the Bible speaks of it being as a hard-hearted. We become hard-heartedness. And how that our hearts can turn callous and cold. So what do you do preacher? As a, as a Christian. You've got a guard against the flesh beginning to rise up. And the only way that you can do this. Is to continually add to the spirit. Because you're not just flesh. You are also spirit. And if you're a child of God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. And you are no longer subject to the things of the flesh. But it doesn't mean the old flesh doesn't rise up. If you don't believe that people have a dark side, you cross them. Come on now. You've got to continue to add to the Spirit. And let me give you three basic ways. Number one, you've got to deny the flesh. Which means that in just everything, you must learn to deny the flesh. The other scripture that I was going to read to you is in actually 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And read with me in 1 Corinthians 9 and 25. And the Bible says, And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. I'm going to tell you something. 
to become an overcomer in the flesh, there are rewards that are going to be waiting for you. These rewards are not just minor things. These are major things. You ever wanted to run a city? You ever wanted to have a place of authority? You ever wanted to have places of, for a victorious person where you can achieve and see greatness in your future? These are the things that's going to come to those that are overcomers. Verse 26 says, Therefore I run, thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Paul himself said, I have to fight with the flesh or else while I, the man who wrote all of, uh, most of the New Testament, the man that we look up to as a godly, holy man of God, said, I have to battle with the flesh and keep it under subjection unless after I have preached all I've preached, I become disqualified. And I lose my crown. And I lose the things that I've worked for. There's a crown awaiting the overcomer. We must deny the flesh. And in closing, I want to do something a little different today. We're not going to sing an invitational song. There's some times that we just don't do any, we don't have time on Sunday morning a lot of times to do reflection. To just think. I want to tell you something, folks, and here's some things that the Holy Spirit had me to write down. Some of you are fighting with some battles in your life and a lot of it has to do with the fact that your flesh has gone unchecked. And you're going to have to learn that your flesh is your enemy. It can be an enemy of the Spirit. You've got to be the master of your own flesh. I'm going to, tonight, when I talk about the body, I'm going to be talking about the body. The Lord gave me some things, and I want to just share what the Lord has given to me. Number one is that there are many of you that are fighting insomnia. You cannot sleep. You may sleep an hour or two hours. You wake up. Some of you are gone, and, and have the doctor has given you sleeping pills. And you say, Preacher, what are you doing? I'm telling you what God has spoke to me to tell you. I don't know who you are. And I, don't, I don't have to know. And those sleeping pills, when you started taking them, they were, they, they were so great. But then you started waking up again after two or three hours. Then you had to take two pills. And two pills only lasted a couple of hours. And you find yourself all there in the night until that dosage continued. You find yourself with infections in your body. You find yourself with panic attacks. This is not maybe the same person but you live with constant, with those fear of panic attacks. Depression is overwhelming you. You live in a point where that you just want to end it all. You want to go somewhere. You want to get away from everybody. You want to leave it all. You find yourself a mom or a dad or a teenager, but you're addicted. You're addicted to where you have to lose yourself in a world of pornography. You have to leave, lose yourself in a world 
despair. How many people sitting on church pews living in despair? Your flesh has got to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I daily crucify myself. You have to do it every day for the rest of your life. Until the rapture, until you die, you're going to fight the flesh and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and you don't outgrow it. You don't get too old. You need to learn that thank God I am committed by the grace of God that the end of this decade I will be able to stand and say by God's grace daily I'm an overcomer. For the spirit of God in me is greater than the spirit or the power of the flesh. I want to play this song. I want you to just bow your head. This, I, I want the... The reason is, is because our precious song director, our pianist, they're continually committing themselves to the work of God. But I want them to be able to sit in this service today. Some of you need to repent. Some of you have allowed your flesh to go into the dark side. Some of you will need to come and talk with me and pray with me. Some of you may want to just come and spend time in the altar and talk to the Lord. Some of you may just want to worship Him. But this is the next five minutes is to worship God. To worship and pray. To give thanks. Because He's given you life. He brought you to this service today. And some of you are going to walk out of here victorious. You've received the message you needed in your life. And God's going to help you. He will strengthen you. Go ahead, brother. Bow your head. As we listen to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. And receive from God. And Father I commit this to you. I surrender to you. That the work of the kingdom of God. Be manifest in this place today. In Jesus name.